Hello, and welcome to Of the People. I am Robert Chernin. Thank you so much for joining us again. The war that no one wants to talk about. And no, I'm not talking about the war between Ukraine and Russia. There's be enough to talk about that later in the show. I'm talking about the war within the Republican Party. We've seen on the debate stage last week the Republican presidential candidates. And while I think people had some some good points, some good things to say, and people had some things that I think were a little <laughs> um, not serious that they had to say, I think the point that most people are missing is there's really a battle within the Republican Party. Let's take Donald Trump out of this equation, right? But if you look at the results of the polling, you have Donald Trump at 50%, you have Ron DeSantis at 12%, and Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, clearly the most entertaining debater of the evening, at 9%. That's 71% of the Republican base. Again, this is not about Trump. This is about the policies. Because what no one's really talking about is what are the policies that Donald Trump had when he was president? What are the policies that are being put forward by the various candidates? And when you aggregate the numbers, Trump, DeSantis, as well as Ramaswamy, Vivek, as he's known to his friends, all have Trumpian policies. And what were those policies, right? Strong on immigration, build the wall, right? Legal, legal immigration, right? And then there's the four E's, education, whether it's school choice, getting the woke mob out of the schools, parental rights in school. It's energy. We were energy independent. We're now energy dependent again. And now we're going to be buying all these batteries for electric vehicles from China, right? You're talking about it's the economy stupid, right? It's, it's another E, right? You're talking about all of these things. You're talking about gun rights. You're talking about freedom of religion. Those things, the Republican Party has become, in my opinion, a populist party. It's a blue-collar populist, you know, uh, flyover country party. The Reagan Democrats, if you will, the blue dog Democrats and the moderate re Republicans are, have all moved right except for the old guard. So what I think you saw on that stage, and I think Vice President Pence, um, I think he handled himself well. I think he certainly has the most experience. I am, by the way, I am ABB. I'm anybody but Biden, right? I'm probably ABN because it's anybody but Newsom, which is what's going to happen, in my opinion. But you saw the old guard, the rhinos, as they're called, right? Republicans in name only, versus the new populist part of the party. And that's what nobody is really talking about. So when you look through the candidates in, in all of this, and we can go through all this, part of the problem is that the old guard in the party refuses to, I think, embrace some of the ideas and some of the populist aspects because they are the old guard and they don't want to give up their power within the party either. And again, this has nothing to do with Trump. But when you're talking about rhinos, it really doesn't stand for Republicans in name only. It stands for really interested in no outsiders, right? That's really what we're talking about. So when you look at the candidates again, let's try to get beyond who they are and what and and their their personal idiosyncrasies. All the policies, 71% of the party 
is on Trump's side of the policy ledger. There's going to be some differences. That's fine. But as far as those that are really interested in no outsiders, I think that they are a minority within the Republican Party at this point, and so it should be. Folks, stay tuned. We are going to have an insider, Jay the Republican, who's going to join us. He was at the debates. He's going to give us his take on everything, and I'm sure it will be a free-for-all discussion. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Our guest is in the uh, back, let's, let's, let's backstage right let's, now. Uh, let, let's bring in Jay the Republican to this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you are we are of the people. And today is Throw Up Thursday. And one of the Republican thought leaders has joined us, Jay the Republican. Hello, Jay. Hello, Robert. Hi, Erica. It's Hello, a pleasure Mr. to be on this show. <laughs> absolutely and you missed the lead in and, and we were just talking about you actually that's not true we were talking so we decided to also Jay have a darker perspective here all right but what we wanted to know since you are a republican thought leader and i'm not sure that that bodes well for the republican party but you know since you're a republican thought leader what what are the thoughts for today that we need to chew on i i think with you know throw up thursday is all about things that happened in the past week that have just made me sick. And so having attended the convention in uh, Wisconsin earlier this week, I wanted to reflect a little bit on what made me a little bit ill while I was there. Not to mention I got a little bit ill on the fly home, but at, at the convention <laughs> itself. I was extremely fortunate that I had a, a not a front row seat, but I was in the fourth row and I was sitting with some congressional Member, members of Congress that uh, no names, no names had some very interesting reactions. So if you if you you go back to watch the video, uh, every time they cut to uh, Brett Bear, you see my photo there. I'm in the background. Oh. But what I really want to talk about was someone named V Fake. I, I and I mean we need to really look at you know he's really trying to get us to understand how to pronounce his name. Everybody says Vivek, Vivek, V, a lot of different names. But he finally came out and really tried to help us. So what he said is, it's V, and it rhymes with cake. Well, I think it also rhymes with fake. So to remember how to pronounce his name properly, pronounce it V-fake. It's very close to how he wants to pronounce V-fake, but it's V-fake. Here's a guy who comes and interrupts what is a very, very important debate. Here we have eight people on the debate stage, and he's trying to dominate the time. Here's someone with no experience, someone who doesn't vote, someone who's been not has not been involved in public politics ever. But now he comes out of nowhere because he has money. And he comes out with an opening line of, I'm the only one up here that hasn't been bought and paid for. Well, the fact is, you paid for your microphone. You came with your own money, and however you raised it, you are now using it to make a name for yourself. Apparently, your year and a half, two years of uh, being a stand-up comic didn't really work for you. So now you're trying to put another stage show. It appeared to me that while all the other candidates were running for president, you're running for a primetime spot on Saturday Night Live. Mm. This is not comedy. 
This is important. And what you've done is you've taken up time on the national stage away from people who have experience. So one of the one of the things I really wanted to say is he's on here. His answers about Ukraine, his answers about not supporting our allies in Israel, the only democracy in the Middle East, about giving up on Taiwan, basically saying, man, China, take it back. We don't care. This is a man who is dangerous. So we need to make sure that he has taken off the debate. The, the highlight of the debate for me was when Nikki Haley slapped him down. Here was someone who knows what it's like to be a mother and spanked a kid that needed to be spanked at the time. I wish at that particular point they would have stopped the debate. They would have said, okay, V-Fake. Ch- ch- change his diapers? No, V-Fake, go to your room. Right. You need to leave the station now. Go to your room and no internet for a week. So here's a, here's a guy who, what's he going to do? He's going to become president. He's going to bring people in. What's he going to do for Secretary of State? Is he going to bring in somebody who last month was part of some Tide Pod, you know, chewing demonstration? Oh, we don't God. need him in his ilk <laughs> running this country. It's too dangerous. It's not a time. You know, he, he's out there saying, well, I, I'm the next Donald Trump. Well, I already have Donald Trump. We don't need 2.0 mm-hmm. for someone who has no experience, somebody who doesn't vote, someone who's up there just name calling. Did you know, he say he doesn't vote? Is that he has it. He's he voted said? twice in his life. He's 38 years old. That's he didn't right. even vote what? for Donald Trump. So you want to be just like joking. Donald Trump? It would have been great to at least uh, voted for him. So that's my rant of the week. You know, it, we need to take these debates and we ne- they need to be serious because there were seven other candidates there that had experience. They had knowledge on the issues. And here he was making jokes, waving his arms, trying to hit people with his, his hands that are next to him. We had to move the, the uh, podiums further apart because he's trying to own the whole stage. He was a yeah, failure. Did you see? He ruined the debate and there is no reason for anyone to be supporting him. Did you what? see him putting his hand like when somebody else was talking? He put his hand out so that he was in the other person's frame uh on television. It was like, uh, are you doing that on purpose? Do you know that your hand is in the television frame right now? Of course, of the you person know. Wait, speaking. Wait, wait a minute. You know he's a teacher, right? A teacher. Uh, you know he's a teacher? Well, I mean, so it's Ramaswamy, right? Swami means teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Mm. So, oh, come on! I had to go there after after the, after the V fake thing, right? What what, so, what he really oh wanted to do was he wanted to interrupt everyone. He wanted the most. As it ended yeah. up, uh, Mike Pence had the most airtime, but he was trying Correct. to dominate the screen any way and every way he can, and he was doing yeah. a bad imitation. He is not Donald Trump, even though he wants to be. So that's why I will say. I will say though, you know, he it did feel like he was the most prepared um and the most uh ready to dominate the stage. That was one of the things that I you know think that is interesting is there were so many people on stage that night that were being polite and following the rules and being, you know, whatever, but Vivek, V fake for if we're going to call him that, he was like intentionally making it so that people would mention him, call him out, which gave him rebuttals and more opportunities to talk. So wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Other than Senator Tim Scott and Doug Governor Burgum, 
who paid attention to those buzzers? Uh, Vice President Pence, who I agree was, you know, probably one of the most presidential on the stage at that evening, blew through those three, four times. They all, and, and cordial, that was like a mud fight. Now, having said that, I agree, you know, the whole, I mean, look, Vivek is a mile wide and an inch deep, right? Yeah. I think that, I think that's what Jay, as Jay the Republican is what you're really saying. Yeah. And that's he's, really what he's I'm running saying. And for he, vice president. Seems he's like. not running for anything except for his own ego, his own gratification. Mm. He memorized slogans. He constantly mm. threw out slogans, one-liners, interrupting people. There was no depth. There was no intent of knowledge. And just to give you an idea, later that day, uh, the following day, I was fortunate to have breakfast with uh, Senator Scott. We did lunch with uh, Mike DeSantis. I was in a large group that had dinner with uh, V-Fake. I intentionally sat in the back of the room because if all he wanted to do was yell, he was yelling at people. So my feeling is if I want to get yelled at, I'll go home to my wife where I deserve it. <laughs> I, don't need to, I don't need to listen to somebody who has no depth on any of the knowledge just yelling at me because, you know, the Tide Pod generation, you know, I'm not living there. And I don't wait, want wait, to that, wait, wait, wait. What is the Tide Pod generation? Erica, do you want to do you want to explain to Robert the Tide Pod generation? No, 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 wait, no, no. Wait, wait a minute. So here's my question: If you're going to disparage your wife, she should be here to defend herself, don't you think? Oh, well, I'm not disparaging my wife. Like I said, he said I deserve he to be yelled it. at by her. I don't deserve to be yelled at by somebody who doesn't vote and someone who accuses everybody of being bought and fa- paid for with no evidence, with no foreign policy experience. So my well, wife has I the think... right to yell at me. V-Fake does not. All right. Serious I question. Think... Serious question. What would, Give me your three big takeaways from the Republican presidential debate. Mm, yeah. And and who do you think did best? Who do you think I, I think you're seeing job? some of the results right now. Um, one mm. of the things with any debate is it's a game of expectations. So you want to evaluate everyone in terms of what was the expectation and did they exceed those expectations? You know, you're going to get a little uh, bump up from V-Fake because there's people out there that said, oh, he's starting a revolution. Well, he's a sloganeer. It's no different than the people that are protesting on the streets that have one or two lines on every subject and they're protesting. So you'll get a little bump from those who just, you know, think there's a revolution coming. The real winner of the debate was Nikki Haley. And I, I want to make it very clear. I'm not endorsing anyone for president at this point. But Nikki Haley uh, exceeded expectations. She was right on the issues. She was very strong. She was forceful. She was. She exceeded expectations by a lot. And you can mm-hmm. take a look at Doug Burgum, who no one had any expectations for. Low, at all. It was a low bar for him. He did a great job. He did. Uh, he did a great job. Right. But as Tim Scott said to me, you know, when the buzzer rang, most of us stopped talking. He went through three buzzers without talking, uh, without stopping. So he he exceeded expectations because no one expected anything from him. And I think yep. the same can be said with uh, DeSantis. So Ron DeSantis, they had lowered the bar for him, that he's not a good debater. I think we, we saw that he's not a good debater, but he held his own. He was firm in his positions. He didn't uh, take uh, slaps from the other people. So I think right. he did very well. Yeah, nobody attacked him like I was expecting. I was really expecting the other candidates to go after DeSantis, and they no. largely ignored him. 
they, they did ignore him. And I think because DeSantis has proven that he's right on all the issues. So mm. if they want to get into the depth of the issues with him, it's it's really difficult to attack him on anything but his style. The other very yeah. disappointing thing for me was when they asked um, uh, Chris Christie the UFO question. I was going to ask you about that. So dumb. Well, I think he had an opportunity to talk a lot about Biden and being an unidentified effing object in D.C. and in some of the other Democrats <laughs> and the liberals. I mean, that F could have stood for a tremendous amount of things besides flying. So I think there was some opportunity there to, you know, have some levity and have some fun. So, so question for you, and, and this is, and this is helpful. So vice president Pence, did he, I mean, he clearly had the most time. Did he help himself or did he hurt himself? You know, it was pretty tough to have him hurt himself. And if you, if you look at the audience that was there, there were all the candidates pretty well had the same number of supporters in the audience. The supporters of a, a Mike Pence are not the ones that will be yelling loud and booing. Yeah, hooting and hollering. Uh, yeah. more, yeah. more they, would like, com they would comport themselves differently. Right. right. You know, yeah. a lot of them are like me, seasoned citizens. Uh, but I think there seasoned were a lot of... Seasoned citizens, Jay? Yeah, a lot of, I mean a lot of salt people? and pepper. A lot of salt and pepper. I mean, I'm just he's saying... Well, just, he's well seasoned. I just seasoned. want to be clear. Are you saying old people? I, I'm saying people who have been around for a lot of seasons <laughs> and have learned an awful lot in their lifestyle, their lives. So what we're, what we're talking about with uh, Vice President Pence, you know, if you look at real resumes, he has the best resume of anyone on the stage. Congressman. You think? Congressman, governor, and vice president. No one else has those three titles and that experience. So he comes to the stage with the most experience. He did not hurt himself. The The boos that were out there were from the, the V-Fake and the Trump people that were in the audience that hate him and will always hate him. Yeah. Uh, he held his own in terms of justifying his January 6th information. I think people were hearing it directly from him for the first time. So yeah. I think he actually helped himself a little. And I think you've seen a little bit of a bump in the polls for him. Uh, but his path to victory is going to be very, very difficult based on the number of MAGA people that will never, ever vote for him and will fight hard against him. Well, I think the big thing that people have to keep in mind while we're having these conversations, too, is that the Republican primary voters are not the same as the general election voters. So whereas the the candidates have to really speak to the hardcore republicans that are going to show up for the primaries they they have to also not alienate the independents and disaffected democrats that they need to build an electoral college coalition the bottom line is as being involved in republican politics as long as i have all that matters right now is winning the general election. We mm. cannot afford to have four more years of this president or whoever they nominate and go for eight years. The country cannot afford it. We've got a lot of stress going on in this country. People are paying more. 16.9% inflation since this president and administration took over. We can't afford it. We're seeing the, the mortgage rates being ridiculous. We need to stop this now. So we need to elect, as Republicans, the next president. Uh, of the United States, and that's a November election. 
And going back to what you're saying, Nikki Haley addressed the abortion issue very, very strongly and very, very well. It's mm -hmm. not the hard line pro-life message that a lot of Republicans have been demonstrating. So it'll be interesting to see how the Republican Party deals with her having a message out there that will appeal to a much broader audience than just hardcore Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, so here's here's the thing, the one issue because you're right, it is all about the general election. But as we all know, because I, am I seasoned? I think I'm seasoned. Yes. Yes, I think I'm seasoned. I'm yeah, old, so and I'm an old. You're, you're probably Tabasco seasoned. Yeah, there's a little bit of jalapeno. <laughs> there's a little bit of jalapeno in there for sure. Um, so it's all about the general election, but we all know that people in the primaries vote with their heart and general and the general election generally vote with their head. But there was no discussion of election integrity in general, which I think would have been a good mm. discussion just to see what, not that anyone would have had a different position because everyone would of course support the integrity of an election. But when you're talking about mail-in ballots and you're talking about uh, mm. ballot drops and ballot harvesting and different States who are manipulating the laws, I would have loved to have seen the candidates. Uh, go, you know, have a round of that. But here's my other question. As I said in the monologue, right, when you look at the post-debate poll, the last one out, I think, is an Emerson poll, and before that, a Reuters poll. So the Emerson poll in the in, in GOP primary has Trump at 20, I'm sorry, at 50, DeSantis at 20, I'm uh, 12, if I'm remembering this, and, and Ramaswamy at nine. If you add those up, that's 71% of the vote. And to me, one of the divides that nobody's talking about is the sort of the divide between the old establishment. And let's take Trump out of the picture. Let's talk about policy and positions. Yeah. The Trump positions or the populist, because uh, the GOP to me has now really become a populist working class party as opposed to what, let's say, the um, the rhinos, to use a term, have really made it to be. Isn't that really the great divide in the Republican party, Jay? Mm, yeah. Well, you know, all of us are rhinos. Uh, you know, if, if you stray from the reservation, you stray from somebody else's opinion, every one of us becomes a rhino. Uh, yep. the, there's a real opportunity. I believe there, there are probably six candidates left in this race that have an opportunity to win. Like uh, legitimate candidates, legitimate candidates. Uh, if you get rid of, uh, Asa Burgum, Hutchinson and Burgum on the ends. And I, like I'm saying, you know, I don't believe that uh, this is the time or the year or anything else for V fake. So that leaves legitimate candidates of six. So moving forward, they all appeal to that centrist party, except for mm. Trump. They're, what they're about, all, what about, what about DeSantis though? DeSantis positions are Trumpian. Are but they, they delivered differently. It, it's not a populist mm. movement. It's it's a solid traditional Republican movement where you govern and you manage and you you message differently, and it's not an attack, constant attack on other Republicans. So you haven't yeah. seen him go after other Republicans. The, the only one that's going after other Republicans are Trump and Mini Me, uh, Ramaswamy. So what what you're really seeing here is an opportunity to listen to what. I believe are traditional mainline Republicans, and you'll you'll call yeah. them rhinos. If you disagree with Trump on anything, you're a rhino. If yeah. if you uh, agree with anything that Bush has ever said, you're a rhino. Uh, I've been called anywhere from a right wing wacko, a MAGA 
Republican and a rhino all in the same day. Yep. So, so we have to understand who is it that is deciding these days who's a rhino and who's not. Well, I think you, if you're you, looking at the other five candidates besides Trump, they're all solid, hardcore, traditional Republicans that believe in the platform of the Republican Party and will fight for it and have an opportunity to bring in those people that we used to call Reagan uh, Democrats who are now Republicans. Uh, they didn't I, go back to being Democrats after Reagan. They may have wandered here and there when there was a new flavor of the month, but they're still out there and we just need to bring them back into the fold. And I think I think the candidates we have left will do that. I think any candidate who continues support for the war in Ukraine is going to have a hard, uh, a hard road ahead. I think that is a big dividing line right now in the Republican party. And, uh, and for, I know for me, uh, as a person who leans more populist Republican uh, than maybe a traditional Republican, that is a big one for me. Like, if you are still saying that we need to be spending billions of dollars in Ukraine, you're going to have a hard road with that Republican primary. And V-Fake, as you're calling him, and DeSantis were the only two candidates who expressed a desire to end that conflict. Well, I think everybody wants to end that conflict. The, the question is how they want to go about it. One of, the, mm. one of the things that's going to be very important, and one of the reasons that I say we have to narrow this field down, we can't have somebody on there just shouting slogans, that there's mm. a real uh, message out there and a, a real plan on both sides of that argument. Those that, that know that Ukraine is an example of someone that needs to fight back against the Putin and the aggressive policies of Russia and the relationship that Russia and China have together. But we can't have those kind of conversations when so much of it is top line slogan. And so I think there's a message on both sides in that argument. And I don't think we're hearing anything more than just headlines on that. So I think yeah. there's, there's people that are going to be on both sides of that issue that if we give them an opportunity to explain their position and their reasoning behind it, we may have an ability to sway that middle to one side or the other, but we're not getting mm -hmm. it done now by, you know, just yelling out slogans. Amen. So we're getting the high sign from Lord Benjamin and we have to go to break. I do want to leave you with one thing, Jay, the Republican. First of all, thank you for joining us and we hope you'll come back because I like to throw up Thursdays with you. But you know the whole thing with rhinos, right? Republican in name only. It's not really an accurate acronym. I think I think rhino really stands for that there's a big part of the party that is really not interested in outsiders or, or really interested in no outsiders, right? R-I-N-O, get that? Really <laughs> interested good. in no outsiders. That's my new definition for rhino. What do you think? I think you should push it because the definition of rhino now means nothing to me and i don't think it yep. it reflects who we are as a party well well yeah. well said thank you for joining us folks you are listening to of the people with robert chernan and erica reddick and jay the republican look forward to having you back jay thank you we'll be right back hi i'm robert chernan and i'm erica reddick and we are of the people you can find us on Rumble. You can find me on Twitter at RB Chernin and. And I am at Erica Reddick. Look us up. You'll be entertained. That 
we guarantee. Absolutely. She's never wrong. Ever. <laughs> Just ask my husband. Hello, and welcome back to Of The People. I am Robert Chernin with my lovely co-host, Erica Reddick. Nice to be back Hello. with you. Hello, Erica, Jay the Republican. That was quite the <laughs> Thursday throw-up session, don't you think? <laughs> yes, I love it. I, uh, You know, I'm always a fan of Jay uh, and his his opinion and his takes on things. So, uh, so, Vivek, so V-fake, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, it's interesting. I, you know, there, there's a part of me that likes the way that he talks and, uh, and his presentation, but I've also had a lot of folks who were very turned off by his performance. They, uh, you know, they want somebody who's a little bit more, um, presidential. I think that's the hard, it, 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 here, here's my take, right? Everybody says they want the nice guy, right? Every woman says she wants the nice guy who's going to open the door for her and be sweet. Oh, and they want kind. you mean they want me? They want me. I mm, mm, <laughs> I'm not I was guy. thinking more like a Jay Shepherd or you know, Jay the Republican, okay, who doesn't drink and is like really nice and thoughtful. Doesn't that make um, them boring? Yeah, see that's the problem because what so they want we the really bad boy. want is the bad is boy. The bad boy. Yeah, the it yeah, drives but, but, the but fast it, car has but is the V fake but V fake isn't the and I shouldn't say V fake. So Vivek, I'm using Jay the Republicans word. <laughs> he's he's not you did that to me. Um <laughs> so is he the good guy boy or the bad boy? Are what what's he's your the bad your, your, boy? No, see, that's not. the thing. They want the, it's like the Republican voters are like women, okay? They want the nice oh, guy. Here we they go. want the Ron DeSantis. <laughs> they want the Ron DeSantis, you know, who says darn tootin' and things like that. But then they're gonna but then they but then they are attracted to the bad boy, the Vivex, the Trumps of the world. Um, and so I think that's the problem with the Republican Party right now is that uh too many Republicans are thinking, or excuse me, not thinking, they're acting out of their emotions rather than their logic and reasoning. And, um, you know, so maybe they need to stop acting like ladies and start acting like people who understand that the country is on the line. So and, we must have, uh, we, we, we must have watched. We must have watched different debates because they need to start stop acting like ladies. There was no one on that stage other than the lady, which would be Ambassador <laughs> Nikki Haley, who acted anything. I mean, didn't you think it was no. like it, it was like it was like a mud fight? I mean, who was I, acting like a lady? No, I'm saying Republican voters need to stop acting like ladies um, and think with their head rather than their emotions. Uh, vote with their head rather than their emotions. But I think uh, I didn't feel like it was a lot of mudslinging other than from Vivek, really. I, you know, I really appreciated actually and was surprised by a lot of the candidates' ability to actually articulate good, thoughtful, Republican uh, 
populist messaging. Uh, I was disappointed with the number of people who are against the Ukraine conflict, but that's another story. Um, I felt like everybody was a little bit, was pretty polite, actually. I was surprised. Well, we must have seen different debates because I didn't think it was too polite. It's what, you know, what I said in the monologue, I think, however, bears, it's worth Mm. repeating. I think, right, so this whole concept of rhinos, which, again, folks, if you Mm. missed the monologue, rhinos do not does not stand for republican in name only it stands for really interested in no outsiders trump is an outsider to a certain degree i would say that that desantis's positions are outside the party but certainly Mm -hmm. vivek was outside the party right look someone said to me and these are not my words these are someone else's that he reminded them of a carnival barker right (laughs) somebody else said that they reminded him of a sort of a younger, hipper Huey Long. And if you've got to be old to know who Huey Long was, the governor of Louisiana back in the day. And I guess from my position is if he had run anything, right? So you have obviously Governor DeSantis, who has done a fabulous job in Florida. Yes. You have Governor Christie, who has, and I happen to like governors, who during his two terms, controversially and all, did a great job in New Jersey. You had Ambassador Haley, who was Governor Haley, did a great job in Georgia. I'm um, Georgia, in South Carolina. South Carolina. I'm sorry. Yep. And, then as, and then as ambassador, right? You even yep. have, I mean, I'll even extend to Senator Tim Scott, who's done a very good job as a senator, even though I think he disappeared a little bit on, on the stage. Oh, and then yeah. obviously, And then obviously Vice President Pence, who was congressman, who was, as as Jay the Republican pointed out, he was a governor, successful congressman. Yep. And he, or Burgum, congressman, then a governor. Another governor. Right. I like governors, by the way. I think they know how to run uh, yeah. things. So, so Vivek yep. is, you know, again, is he a mile wide and an inch deep? I'm not really sure. But th- what I want to really ask is this whole divide in the Republican Party, because the old guard, right, the, the rhinos as that label goes, and I hate the name, but yeah. you're talking Mitch McConnell, you're talking um, Mitt Romney, you're talking those kind of, you're talking Lindsey Graham, you're talking Larry Hogan, who just stepped down as the governor in Maryland, you're talking Charlie Baker. This is the old guard of the Republican Party, who's basically to get along, you got to go along kind of thing. And they have yeah. a great institutional knowledge. But isn't the real divide here? I mean, there is a, it may not be a war within the Republican Party, but it's certainly a tug of war, is it not? It definitely is. And I will tell you as a, as a, as a new convert, newer convert to the Republican Party and a, and a relatively newer conservative, right? I kind of, you know, I put the last nail in the coffin of my liberalism probably four or five years ago. So as, as somebody who is kind of new to conservatism, um, I do not like people like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell. These are the people who have ruined the Republican Party name. The reality is how they how? give, give, me, oh give God, me a how. Are you give me the me? how they're the corrupt ones. They're the ones that everybody has seen sell this country down the river. Wait, Lindsey Graham. Give me, and Mitch give McConnell me, give, give me no better because, than the Democrats. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And, and look, I am certainly, um, I am ABB, anybody but Biden. So if Donald Trump's a nominee, he's got my vote. If Ron DeSantis is a nominee, he's got my vote. We can talk about where I am in the primaries later, right? Yeah. 
But there have never been any corruption charges alleged against Mitch McConnell or Lindsey or Senator <laughs> Lindsey Graham. So when you say they're corrupt, they're part of the swamp, what? and I get and I get that part of it. But but if you're going to look, God, look, far be it for yo, me to defend these yo, guys. Yo, Lindsey, uh, but, Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell Mitch is Lindsay? married to is married to a Chinese Mi- person who has ties to the CBP. Give she's me, t- give me a break. She has, she has ties. Wait, to, CBP, he's married I'm to sorry. Elaine. He's t- he he's married to Elaine Chow, right? Who has Who, ties to the Chinese Communist Party (CCP)? Excuse me, not CBP. Well, first yeah. of all, if you if you yeah. know anyone, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. And look, and I'm not here to defend him. He's given all wait. kinds of money to Lockheed Martin and all this stuff. So anybody who is a populist Republican does not want any of these guys who have who have passed these giant budgets. Wait who, a minute. Uh, give all the money to the military industrial complex. They have ties to China. They have. They they have sold Americans down the river, and we've watched it for decades. Wait, they wait have spoiled. They are the reason people hate the Republican Party. Look, look, I have my issues, and some of what you say strikes a chord, but we've got to stop painting with a broad brush. You cannot say, first of all, if you know anyone in China, you have ties to the Chinese Communist Party, right? Because the Chinese Communist Party controls everything. Certainly, there is a nexus between business community and the Chinese Communist Party. And if you're doing business in China, you're doing business either directly or indirectly with the Chinese Communist Party. That I got. And I would also agree that you have people like Senator McConnell and Lindsey Graham who are part of the military-industrial complex. But supporting... That and I, you know, whether I agree with that or not, we're going to talk about Ukraine in a second. But um, that's not the same thing as sort of being bought and paid for by China. I mean, the world is a complicated, uh, interlocked kind of place. And while I am Trumpian in my in the policies that I support, because there's not a policy that Trump put in place during his presidency that I did not ardently support. I think it's a stretch and we have to be really careful here. And I can't believe I'm the one being careful because I'm usually the reverent one. Right. Uh, but if I'm the, by the way, if I'm the one being careful, we got a problem. So, but there have never been allegations of fiscal wrongdoing or corruption with Senator McConnell or Senator Lindsey Graham or even any of the rhinos that I know of, you can argue that they're part of the military industrial complex. You can argue they're part of the swamp. You can argue the division between that the Republican Party is populist and these guys are, um, you know, um, archaeological, you know, finds that are, you know, that are fossilized and old. But, but I want to be careful about crossing a line and I can't believe I'm the one being careful here, right? But there's no ties directly with with former secretary uh chow his wife and the chinese communist party that i am personally aware of right so let's be Uh, careful here books uh, books have been written about the subject uh there is doesn't make it doesn't make it accurate i mean that may that may be true here's what i do know though i can't believe i'm defending Uh, when but when you've got when you've got a republican party who does things like go along to get along and we're just gonna hold the line and again these are the people who have sold the future of america down the river they have signed the budgets they have increased uh our our credit 
you know, the no, debt they've ceiling. decreased. They've decreased our credit. They, they've, they've, they, our credit rating, our credit rating the, is downgraded. Exactly. They have increased our uh, debt spending. They are just as responsible for everything that is wrong with this country because they have been there for decades. They go along with what the Democrats want. Uh, they hide things. They they support things. Um, I, I, they are part of the problem. You said it. They are part of the swamp. They are part of the old guard. And the new Republican Party does not want them anymore. Uh, it, it is time. See, this is the rub, right? So we can claim all we want that the Democrats are terrible and horrible and whatever. And but they are. Is, and but they it are. Is the, but it is the boomers who have sold and destroyed this country. It is the boomers who raised their kids like crap to teach them to be woke and have p worry about political correctness. It is the boomers wait, wait who have given all of our money. You're changing, you're changing topics. It is not these people that we're talking about. These Republicans that everyone hates and wants out are boomers. They are a whole generation of Republicans that are still in charge that are responsible along with the Democrats for everything that is wrong with this country. So th that's, that's really the divide in the Republican party is there is a group of younger Republicans, particularly folks who are in my generation, generation X and younger who are like, you guys are just as responsible for screwing everything up and putting us into debt as any of the Democrats that you want to blame. So, so get out of here. So we don't want you so, anymore. So, and so, so then, unfortunately, then you, then you should be supporting you should be supporting Nikki Nikki Haley because based on the debate, and we're getting the high sign. We, I mean, this is a quick sex, session or a quick segment. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. But real quick, where can they find us, Erica? Before we go to break, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Actually, I'm not really sorry because we're going to come right back to this because I disagree. <laughs> you just I just, I, well, well, you were painting with this broad brush. I mean, I wish I could paint with that broad brush, but folks. Eric is going to tell you where you can find us. You got to find, you're going to find us on all of the socials, all of the podcast platforms other than Apple. Cause they suck uh, of the people ah. with Robert Chernin search us out. Y'all tell us what you think. Who do you subscribe. think was the winner of the subscribe. debate? You gotta, you gotta subscribe. You gotta rate us. You gotta comment. Leave us a comment. Who do you think won the debate? What kind of Republican do you classify yourself as? Who do you want to see as the standard bearer for the party coming up? Tell us what you think. Cause and, we need your and, help. And, and do you think that V fake is V fake like Jay, the Republican said, oh, that's the oh. opinion that I want. What do you think of the media, the meteoric rise of V fake folks? You're listening to of the people with Robert Chernin and Eric Reddick. And we will be back. I promise. America came into being based on a shared belief and a common set of values. Unlike other nations that were bound together based on common ancestry, race, or caste, we came into being based on a simple and shared set of ideals. 
that the power of government is based on the consent of the governed. That life, the freedom to live life on our own terms, in our own way, free from government interference, and liberty, our most precious value, and the pursuit of happiness, which means we are free to pursue that which we choose with the knowledge and courage to know that nothing is guaranteed to us in this life. Those values, America was founded on these basic inalienable rights. Freedom to pray to God in our own way. Freedom to think and speak freely without fear of punishment or harm. And freedom to gather in our places of worship and in our local taverns. And freedom to defend ourselves, our families, our homes, and our neighbors as we see fit. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is dedicated to protecting American exceptionalism anywhere and everywhere it is threatened. ASIC is a 501c3 and depends on your tax-deductible donations. Please help us continue our fight. Hello and welcome back to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin with my co-host. Erica Reddick. And Erica, I'm sorry, we went to break and I'm really not sorry. You know, I said you painted with a broad brush. You weren't painting with a broad brush. You were painting with a roller. I have I mean, a freaking spray hose over here. Um, no, I'll take the spray hose, but the, it was like a roll. So I'm trying to understand all of this because I want to get to the Ukraine war because that's sort of the, that's sort of ground zero, no pun intended, of sort of the divide in the Republican Party. Right. Mm. In terms of whether or not, because most of the Trump supporters would say, yeah. you know, charity begins at home, America first, which I agree with. You got to be strong at home first. But, you know, there are reasons to be in the in the war in Ukraine. And I don't like it. I think Ukraine is a corrupt country. But basically, you're talking about drawing a line between the Ukraine it's two reasons. There's only two reasons to be in Ukraine. One is obviously the territorial aggression of communist Russia, right? And we're supposed to fight the communists. And as Reagan said, anybody who's willing to fight the communists over there, we're going to fight them you know, over there, which I think it was Nikki Haley that said that. I don't remember where it was Vice President Pence. But the other thing is obviously it sends a message to China in the whole Taiwan issue. So while I don't like it, and I still think we're going to lose because of lack of, um, I just think China, uh, that Russia is going to be too strong in the, in the final analysis. And, you know, there's, there's one thing you can never stop. If someone's willing to die for a cause, you can't stop that, right? It was the kamikaze pilots in World War II, in, you know, Japanese kamikaze pilots, right? Not that yep. they won the war, but, but I don't think Putin cares about how many Russians die as long as he takes the territory. So, Tell me again why you think that should we should not be, and let's get away from the whole swamp, broad brush, you know, their corrupt military industrial complex. I mean, there are times where you have to go to war. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's part of the problem in the first place is we don't have a declaration of war. So details, De one, minor details, minor details. Number one, Congress is doing their job de declaring war. Um, they haven't declared war, I think, since like Korea or whenever it was. I'm trying to remember now. Vietnam. Um, we Gulf have, of Tonkin. We Gulf have, of Tonkin resolution. We had 
you know, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and an entire administrative state basically provoke Russia into invading Ukraine. So you you had Obama who said, "Oh, uh, I can offer you flexibility after the election." So you had Obama basically give over the Crimea to Russia, and then we started threatening adding all of these countries to NATO that we said we would not add to NATO provoking Russia into invading Ukraine. And now we're giving billions of dollars to the traditionally most corrupt country in Eastern Europe um, until five minutes ago. Um, All this money has gone missing. So what, we're just going to keep giving more money that's already gone missing to the most corrupt country in Europe? And then we're surprised by any of this stuff. It's just, it's, and it's not just Ukraine. It's the hundred and so many countries that we have military bases in. It's the fact that our National Guard has been called up without a declaration of war and sent to war zones instead of being here to protect our country and to be ready for when there's natural disasters. It's it. The whole thing is just absolute corruption and nonsense and the American people can see it. And so if you support the conflict and continuing to send billions of dollars overseas instead of addressing all of the problems we have here, I don't think you're fit to be an American president. That's a I mean, big it's, statement. It's, it's, it, it is so, the government so so, so trying is, to is solve, your, wait, hold on. Is it that is your red line? the government trying to solve the, a problem it created. Our government created the problem between Ukraine and Russia, and now they want billions of dollars to solve the problem. That is the epitome of the problem with the corruption corruption in this country and in the administrative state. Okay. I'm not sure. Again, corruption is a legal charge, right? You've got, someone's got to show me proof. I agree. There is a military industrial complex. I agree. We created the problem with Russia initially during the Obama years and, and perhaps even during the early Trump years, because you know, what Russia really wants is two things. They wanted border security. And as you, and, and that's one of the reasons they wanted those satellite countries back to recreate the old USSR, but they also wanted respect and we gave them none of that. Right. So they had nothing to lose, but are you alleging that we did all this to fund the military industrial complex to, to give money to Ukraine? You're, you're losing me somewhere here because Look, we all create our own problems. I don't know in your life, but most of the problems I have in my life, I've created. So as a country, we create our own problems as well. And then when you realize, oh, I screwed up, I got to fix the problem. I agree there's no declaration of war. But of course, then again, we, uh, I mean, you want to get into separation of powers, we can have that discussion, right? I get that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not arguing, look, if you go back to our earlier shows, you know, I said, look, there's only really, A, I think we're losing the war and I think we will. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, the Donbass region is going to be gone one way or the other because unless they're – because here's the thing. When you go to war, even undeclared or otherwise, you need to fulfill two things, two, two things. Number one is you have to have a defined mission, 
and you have to be able to figure de- declare or define what victory is going to look like. Correct. We have none of those here. But then again, we didn't have any of that in any of the other conflicts we were in either as well. And when you extract yourself from a war zone, there's got to be peace. Peace has to come with a negotiation. So unless you are going to declare or, or fight this war to a total victory where Russia is forced to lay down their arms, and that is not not ever in your lifetime or in my lifetime going to happen. Therefore, it will not be a total victory over Russia. It will be a, a, a piecemeal victory. It will require negotiations when they're, when they're tired. And by the way, the whole thing with war, it's supposed to be ugly. That's, and it's supposed to be brutal because that's why there's not supposed to be a lot of it. Because if you sanitize the war, oh, let them fight over there. Then, of course, oh, yeah, as long as it's not affecting me at home, it just runs up the budget or whatever. So how do you get out of it? So forget about who created it. We can have that argument. Forget about you know the money that's going there because we all know that Ukraine is corrupt. I get that. So be King Solomon for me. Mm. You know, as opposed to, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep, not you, of course, right? A slogan is one thing. How do you solve the problem? How do you end the war? Russia's not going to go back. Ukraine's not going to stop fighting. Russia's not going to stop fighting. So how do you get out of it other than this endless war? Unless you believe, honestly and truly, that we can drive Russia to complete surrender. We we don't. We turn off the spigot of money and force Ukraine to the negotiating table. And they give up some of their land and some of their sovereignty, period. That, but, but if you listen to the presidential candidates on the stage, that was not an option because, then, because you're still ceding territory. And under the Pavlovian dog theory of international politics, you like that? The Pavlovian dog theory of international politics, which is the next theory to real politics, which is an enemy of my enemy is my friend. If you give the, if you reward Russia, with the Donbass region, over time, it's going to encourage them to go into, whether it's Croatia or one of the other neighboring countries, to rebuild that curtain or perimeter. Yeah, yeah. And America has to learn that if you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. So when our elected officials act like a bunch of idiots and say stupid things and encourage stupid things... Our supposed allies get attacked and bad things happen. It is the epitome of win stupid games, uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Wait, this wait is what is happening. That's but, why but, we've but, got but, Africa falling apart to coups right now. Do How not many change the subject. Do, do not change the subject. In Africa, do. we've armed them and encouraged them. And, and look, the, ta- and the Taliban. Fault. The Taliban, look, look, okay. Not everything in the world. It is not our responsibility. Not everything in the world. Not everything in the world is our fault. Yeah, but wait a minute. Can we go back to Ukraine? Can we go back to Ukraine, please? Solve the problem. Ukraine is our fault. If you, if you, I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing how do you solve the problem? I mean, if you show up to not my responsibility. Not our responsibility. If you show up to a a gunfight and you bring a knife, you're going to lose. Okay. So we're in this now, regardless of how we got in it. And I will probably agree with you on most of what you just said, but we're in it now. How do you get us out of it? 
you know where where is there you know where is there peace with dignity where is there where is there a political solution that doesn't Ukraine, encourage more bad behavior it's it is ukraine's re, ukraine is ukraine's responsibility they're the ones who decided to dance with the devil wait a minute and russia invaded the ukraine russia invaded the ukraine and why did russia invade ukraine because ukraine got in bed with the with america saying that they were going to do a bunch of stuff saying they were going to do this and that being corrupt acting like idiots not our problem it is not my problem as an american citizen my economy and my life should not be getting destroyed because the country of ukraine is run by a bunch of corrupt oligarchs my Look, life should not be like made worse because the likes of joe biden and his drug addled de- de- degenerate son were screwing things screwing around with things that is the whole problem there is too much power in the federal government to go screw up other countries and and invade and get involved and then get money and give money. I mean, this is, again, this is all just evidence for everything that is wrong with the federal government and with our foreign policy. We can sit here and say, oh, we need to be world police and we need to do stuff. No, we don't. No, we don't. Stop giving them money stop stop supporting them stop propping up these awful uh corrupt governments and corrupt government officials in other countries and let them be stupid and and suffer the consequences of their own actions it is not our responsibility period we're making it worse we we pushed Russia into bed with China by doing the Russia, Russia, Russia gate for years and doing all this stuff. We, again, we are creating the problems that we now say we need more money and power and influence to go solve. So if the United States wants to get out, if all these countries want to stop having problems, they need to get out of bed with the American government. That's my take. Okay. Um, I would like to live in the world that you live in. I don't think that that's the real world. No disrespect. I I agree with the causation. I do not agree with the solution. Well, then what is your solution? Uh, see, for that, because we're now out of time, according to Lord Benjamin. So you you all folks are going to have to tune into the next show if you want oh. Bobby's solution. Besides, then it gives me time to think about it. And I can come up with a good one. <laughs> oh, so you don't have a solution. Is oh, I got it. Oh, no, 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 no. I have. Right. Hey. Try and get I can, out of it. Okay. You should all elect me president because I can solve all of the country's problems. Bobby churning for president. I think, you know, I mean, hey, if, if, if Vivek can do it, I think I can. Of course, I don't have the money he has. Folks, we have to go. We have to go to break. We have to go make some money. And then we have to go because it's the end of the show. Thank you for joining us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. At RB Chernin. Um, at Generally Irritable, right? Is that what your handle is? It's at Erica Reddick. 
at Eric Reddick. I'm sorry, don't forget the K in there. And follow us. Give us comments. Come on, I can take it. Erica, clearly, if you were listening to the last segment, she can take oh, it. Oh, yeah. So, folks, we will see you next week. Take care.